welcome to Slayerfest 98. I'm your host, Ian Carlos Crawford. And today I'm here with some special guests. Zachary Patton Garcia. Dana Pickley. And Adam Sass. Hi guys. I'm so happy for our little Halloween team up. So we have um Slayerfest 98 episode, but we have a little podcast team up. Zachary, do you want to talk about our podcast slash series that we have going on is it a podcast i don't know what it is Um, (laughs) yeah my bloody judy it's just uh we we sit and chat about horror movies we recap and review them is pretty much what we've been doing right yeah yeah and it's just the two of us and right now it is just located on zachary's uh bonus youtube channel but we might be putting it elsewhere um adam and dana do you want to introduce uh your also a queer horror project? Yeah, I love it. This is yeah. the side gig episode. Um, Dan, you can like tee us up here, but we got a new podcast called Horror is So Queer. What is it about? Um, we are we're missing our, our other uh, our third musketeer here at Princess Weeks. But yeah, Adam, Princess, and and myself, we host Horror is So Queer. And it's part of the Anatomy of a Scream podcast network. So we were very excited to be chosen as part of um, as part of their roster, and we talk about all things queer in movies, from subtext to main text, and what else, Adam? You hit the rest. Yeah, it's a, well, it's an eight episode limited run. The first episode and the teaser are out right now. It's going to be um, every other week. So by the time you're hearing this, the second episode should be close-ish to happening. But um, yeah, it's we really kind of focus on like three different pillars. I think we kind of nailed this down in our teaser, Dana where you are more like queer text, like this This is a legibly queer character. This is this is like how queer rep is handled in, in, in horror. Um, uh, and then I'm definitely way more about like queer, like, like, oh, queers love this shit. Like, like, <laughs> it's more like <laughs> there isn't a queer person in this thing, but queers love, love it to bits. Um, and here's why. And probably a little bit more metaphorically, like I'm like, oh, okay, like this, you know, this movie about a nightmare is what it's like to be like a gay in 2020. (laughs) So it's a lot of fun, but it's mainly just us like um, riffing and uh, riffing off of each other and going in on um, deep dives on some of your faves. We'll kind of cover like four to five different movies per episode in each episode sort of like American Horror Story follows a different sub like category of horror. I'm sure y'all are way more focused than American Horror Story. Oh, no, don't be like, <laughs> spoke too soon. Yeah. I'm the Sarah Paulson of uh, our podcast. <laughs> right, you're the Sarah Paulson. Ba- oh, what did we say? You're the Sarah Princess Paulson. Princess Gaga I'm- and you're Jessica Lang. I'm Lang, yeah. yeah love- I loved <laughs> them saying that uh, that y'all said Princess was Gaga. I got a good oh, kick out Gaga. of that one. Yeah. She's, she's definitely Gaga our Gaga. For sure. <laughs> she, she lends us the, uh, she lends us the, the gravitas. Um, you know, Dana keeps us grounded. She's Sarah Paulson. And then I'm like the, the country one who's just like, I'm just here to, I'm here as long <laughs> as it's fun. And then I'm gone. But. Rubbing your neck and saying something sassy. And then Princess actually says like important stuff. <laughs> right. And I just kind of jump in and I'm like, <laughs> like, I'm like definitely the uh, Mae West of the, of the podcast. <laughs> God, Zach. Now I'm like, mm, what would? I know what is. We should we redo our whole like intro for our podcast because I feel like we. What failed. even is your brand? <laughs> well, I feel like Zach, you're the. So I feel like you're the Sydney with a Gale like moon, and I'm the Gale with a Sydney moon. 
every gay guy has to be gay, don't you? You definitely have to. <laughs> Listen, we did four episodes on screen. Holy That's like shit. That, that, was, that was so. Well, good. actually, gay guys were invented when uh, gay weathers split into a billion different particles and went into the ground. Gay <laughs> <laughs> birth. <laughs> But yeah, I feel like that's because Zach is more, I don't know. I'm more the like, tee hee, I like this. And Zach likes to talk about it. Like Zach has more like serious input. Um, but also I'm the one that's like, fuck off often. So <laughs> yeah, we just um, finished buddy. a run of the um, Scream movies, my husband and I. And um, we always like couldn't get over like no one's saying they're the Dewey. Um <laughs> Just like oh, no one, no. no one on this podcast would ever say, "Oh, I'm Xander" or whatever. <laughs> but, um, but like something we are noting is just like it's so. Maybe I've just been watching these movies too many times. But I was like that Dewey musical cue. Um, <laughs> I was like, if I was David Arquette, I would be like, "Do we have to play this like <laughs> music that sounds like?" Oh, here's a here's a here's an <laughs> elephant coming in the room. No, okay. then the director's like, just like, do the walk, just do the walk. <laughs> play this like really <laughs> slow kind of not quite all there music when he walks in the room adam i really love you david Arquette. like can we not do this song if again i was playing dewey i'd just be like do you gotta do the musical cue that's like okay like, <laughs> like every time i'm on screen <laughs> so and, and recently uh philip ellis and i and dax exclamation point actually interviewed the costume designer and i felt i loved that she the costume designer from scream one is the same costume designer that did buffy's season two through six um and i feel like that makes sense she talked about working on those were like her two big projects and then she kind of just like left she like didn't want to do it anymore um and it makes sense that someone would have done both those because I feel like both of them were very of the time. Um, and so, yeah, today, that's my segue. Uh, was it was it smooth? Um, that's my segue into talking about what we're going to talk about today is the Buffy first Buffy Halloween episode from season two entitled Halloween. Uh, I was just thinking, I was like, ooh, is this like have we been talking a long time? But I think. Adam and I, or Anthony and I, have lasted like 15 minutes before actually talking about the thing we're supposed to talk about. <laughs> well, this is the record, man. This is yeah. Like minutes and 43 seconds. It's like nothing. Uh, so, this episode is clearly iconic. Um, I felt like it was worth revisiting for the podcast. Um, and the three of you hadn't been on to talk this episode before, so I felt like it made sense for us to do a little team up and talk about Halloween, which... I've noticed even the opening, because Buffy episodes don't often do this, the cinematography, they like put a little bit more work here than they had been doing mm. previously. I think the opening is really, even though the opening doesn't really matter for the rest of the episode, I do like the opening. I like that we get the sign that tells us tomorrow's Halloween, see the pumpkin, Buffy smashes it. Yeah, and I mean, the, the there's the vampire recording her, but which doesn't really matter. I don't know, what do you all think of this opening? Um, I love Spike trying to be like strategic. Oh, wait, no, he's not. In, yeah, he looks over the footage later. Um, right, yeah. Like it's, um, I can't believe she's getting her ass kicked so badly by this one dumb vamp. Right? <laughs> she was like having an off day. She did it a Snickers bar or something. <laughs> I feel like she does that every now and then just to give herself a little excitement, you know? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> hey, there are things that I noticed that were very 
like when she's more self-conscious i was like oh that's because this is like we're still at the beginning of season two because like later seasons buffy would never you're right one she would not have trouble with this one vampire and two she wouldn't feel like she'd be like hey angel yeah there's a leaf in my hair whatever like she wouldn't right she's like she is still technically 15. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Always forgettable. Always forgettable. <laughs> right. <laughs> I do enjoy her hair very much in this, though. Um, they they just released that pre-order for the, the Diamond Select statue, and I couldn't figure, yeah. like, where they got that hairstyle from. And I, I think it's this episode. It looks it looked just the same. You know what? You're right, Zach. I didn't think about because So Zach and I have been texting about there's like a diamond put out this like statuette of Buffy slaying a vampire and it's like mid dust. Um, yeah. And like the outfit is kind of like, she's wearing the red leather pants, but she's wearing like a low cut black, like baby doll top almost. And like a black leather jacket and her hair is, yeah, I feel like that hair is this hair. Yeah. Sarah Michelle Gellar doesn't up do well. I like it. So cut to the credits. We uh, get the Cordelia and angel scene in the bronze. I love I don't know. I I love on Buffy when they do the decorations. I don't know why, but like I love when TV shows are like, we're gonna show you that it's a holiday, and then we're gonna decorate the sets. I just right always does it for me. <laughs> well, it's all it's. I don't know. It's very keeping in with like um, it's keeping in like all the way back to the original Buffy movie of just like there's a lot of talk and chatter happening while they're hanging up like prom or homecoming decorations right. and this and that this and that there's a it's a very it's a very popular bit of business in a Buffy episode yeah and I can't remember if all of you have watched Angel or not I've seen the pilot I'm like I've seen bits and pieces of Angel I I, I'm not a David Boreanaz girl yeah (laughs) that's fair that's fair which is weird because I'm majorly into David Boreanaz but I never (laughs) went into the Show. Let me just say that in a million years now, David Boreanaz would have never been cast as this character. If Buffy had happened now and David right. Boreanaz was whatever, 36 or something, he would have never been cast as this character. It's just, like he, I feel, sorry, angel lovers out there. I get it. I, I like the love, but I just, I just don't, mm, I don't know. Huh. All right. I mean, I do think while he has had like one of the most successful TV careers, his acting is like, it's like fine. I don't know. Like he's definitely, he's, he's like the, the actors on Buffy always like brought the show up. And I don't know that he always was like a hundred percent on par with the other. He wore the prosthetics. Well, he was good with the brooding face right. but like like coming up when he's laughing with cordelia just oh i cringe every time i see that man smile it just yeah. doesn't it doesn't fit it doesn't work it's very uncomfortable <laughs> <laughs> like it's like does he know what a smile is like, it's, it just... no no and it's, it's like somebody had to like you know teach him how to do it right before camera started rolling <laughs> but i will say I am a huge Cordelia Angel shipper. They're like one of my favorite couples. They've got great chemistry. I will tell, I will say that yes. like watching, watching this episode in particular, I was like, well, this makes perfect sense why Charisma ended up on yeah. Angel. Right. It really does. Yeah. It really, really does. And so for me, I'm like, oh, this is kind of cute. Cause it's like, oh, look, they're flirting and we know where it goes eventually. And so, yeah, we have Buffy. She comes in and she's like, I, I do like her line of, when Angel's like, I thought we had a date 
and she's like, dates are things normal girls have. Girls who have time to think about nail polish and facials. You know what I think about? Ambush tactic, ambush tactics, beheading. Not exactly the stuff dreams are made of. And I thought that was like very Buffy. It was like a very Buffy response. That's very um like Joss pitching the show yeah. in the beginning. Like it's very just like she's <laughs> normal girls are thinking about da, 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 but she's talking about bazookaing this judge. <laughs> Like, <laughs> you're right, Adam. That probably was like the like the like mini pitch. The, Every like... time, like that's the thing. As, well, as someone who has like a book that's very like, oh, you better pitch that hot pitch. Like it's <laughs> you just have to just like keep repitching your own like like one sentence elevator line over and over again. So she leaves. She's embarrassed. Cordelia tells her, "I love your hair." It screams street urchin. Cordelia, I think has like some very good Cordelia lines in this episode, like charisma Carpenter, charisma Carpenter and Alison Hannigan both. I think, I don't know that they got like episodes where their characters were able to shine so much. And I think this is one of the first episodes where both of them get one, a lot of screen time and two get a lot of the like best lines of the episode. Mm. Um, so yeah, so Buffy leaves, she's embarrassed. Cordelia stays with Angel. We cut to Sunnydale high the next day. We get our first like, we get the first notion of, so it's like Buffy, Willow, and Xander walking down the hall, and we get the first, like, Halloween is supposed to be quiet for demons, um, a theory which has proven false every Buffy episode, every Buffy <laughs> every Halloween episode. <laughs> they never stuck to it. <laughs> like, I love that Giles says it, like, every Halloween, Giles is like, oh, no, 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 Halloween is quiet, and then, like, every Halloween, it's like, oh, shit. Like, don't <laughs> you remember last year, asshole? Yeah. <laughs> like i feel like especially in season four when he says that it's like do you did you forget did you forget what happened like <laughs> we also meet larry for the first time which i had forgotten this was his first episode right they were really like expanding the world here yeah. in the high school uh dana i was curious your thoughts i was like ooh, i'll be like curious to see what you think of this like, do we think they actually introduced him as like, oh, he's going to be gay? Or like, I, I feel like it was more last minute, but. Hmm, that's a good question. Um, You know, I've known gay bullies. Mm -hmm. And so it wouldn't like surprise me if that had always been the intention. Um, Because I have t definitely known guys and girls like him. Um. Mm -hmm. But you know, I mean, I I, can't, I would I would be hard pressed to think that like in two like in a year or so they were like, oh no, we got to include some gay rap in here. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, let's let's give it the benefit of the doubt and say yeah, they planned it. Okay, okay. My opinion is that it was one hundred percent a cute bit they thought they were doing in the faces episode. <laughs> I think they were they were doing the like they were like okay, well we're doing the the werewolf episode and we need a fake out. And I think that was, I think it was, it started as a cute thing that they like retconned into. Yeah, we're bringing gay people into this. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know. I'll, I'll go with benefit of the doubt. We'll, we'll right. just say that. I, I, I'm 50-50 on the Larry bit. Surprise. The two that have like rotten personalities are like, mm, I think this was last minute. And the two that are like very nice are like, I'm gonna give them benefit of the doubt. <laughs> I'm not, not to pull the like, I've spent 19 years in Hollywood, but like, I'm like, please believe me that in 2020, nobody is having freaking the LGBTQ community's best interests at heart. So I guarantee you in 1997, that was not the case either. But. 
I, I wish everyone well on their journey. <laughs> <laughs> and Adam next, it's interview. <laughs> Jessica Lang leaves. <laughs> no longer interested in this. Uh, but I will say, I so I know that when we recorded this episode 500 years ago about this episode, um, we talked about the fact that like Xander gets upset with Buffy. Revisiting it, I actually kind of, I think it's fitting for Xander. And I think... Buffy and Willow handle it like well. They're just kind of like, oh, the big dumb baby's upset. Oh yeah, he's being a baby. Like I kind of like that. We get Xander being very Xander, but they're not like Buffy's not like hurt. She's just like, oh yeah, I hurt his ego, and they kind of like keep moving. But Xander's the one that's like, you know, he's like stuck on it. And I, I, I thought that was a little bit more like in in character for all three of them the way they handle that. The fact that like she does she saves him because she doesn't want her friend to get beat up, which is an understandable friend thing, and he's shitty about it because he's like, Oh, I gotta be a man. Um, and then Buffy and Willow are kind of just like whatever about Xander being upset. Well, like twenty plus years ago. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, I think I think that I'd like to think that that boys have mellowed out in in this respect, but I think twenty years ago, twenty plus years ago. It's different when you're when your best friend is saving your ass from a vampire than saving your ass from a bully at school. I think for him, it's very much like this is my world. That's your world. Well, here's the thing: is like we've got a new baddie every week. We do not have time for this, Xander. Like we just don't <laughs> have any time for him to get upset over this stuff. Like I get it. I get it. Like you know, just as you said, Dana is. That's his world, and he has to deal with that every day, walk in and out. But uh, is, is this? I just you, don't. I don't. I don't. Say to Ian all the time. We just don't have time to get upset about this. <laughs> we don't have time for Xander. <laughs> is what I'm saying. We don't I mean, have any time for Xander. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's what most people say to me. Ian, we don't have time for you to be upset about that's this. Fairly, <laughs> yeah. It's just like, like we have so much going on, and I'm just like I just still choose to be upset about this thing. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think yeah, Adam. What did you think about that? Yeah, you know. It's just, it's just it's one of those things where you know i what i think this i think this episode is a very good um bottle episode that like captures the entire show in that bottle um yeah where because i mean you really have i mean this added to this this episode goes on to like have a lot of lore just baked into it like i mean how many yeah. times do we return to the freaking army training right yeah. um and then, but like, really, like, it starts with like, yeah, Buffy, sh- like, in her head, sometimes thinks she should be this. However, she is that, and there's a lot of, and and the whole show is based around the power dynamics, her with herself and her, and like all the the like the dudes in her life. Um, so you know, it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, I mean, it's storytelling it makes perfect sense that this is on xander's mind and it's absolutely the type of thing that starts to become a big part of his personality through the end of the show which is i can't do anything and you doing that thing for me made me aware that i can't do anything it all tracks and i think you're right adam this is like a it is a bottle episode but still like and i mean that's what i love about buffy is like it is a bottle episode but it does also advance lots of storylines and like showcases the characters personalities um, Halloween is kind of like um, how TV critics talk about the episode College for The Sopranos, which is, it really seems to have been like, you know, again, I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of a lot of episodes pre-Halloween, 
but mm-hmm. Halloween seems to be where it starts really kicking off and like really solidifying where you've got the crew, you've got the dynamics, the characters are very finely etched now. We have kind of narrative momentum. We've already introduced Spike and Drusilla. Like it's really where the show sort of like, if I was, if I was introducing Buffy to somebody and they were like, yeah, the f- I'm kind of like drifting through a few, some of these episodes, you know, da, da, da. Like I would say, skip ahead to Halloween and then continue from there. I think, yeah, I think that's not that I would yeah. like, recommend skipping episodes. They can come to it later once they're obsessed. <laughs> but like, I would say, like that is sort of the episode. This is the episode where things really crystallize for the show creatively and narratively. Um, yeah, yeah, I I think I agree with that. Um, then we get Willow and Buffy talking about stealing Angel's journal that Giles has. Um, which like feels stupid, but then I, like you said earlier, Adam, I was like reminded, like, oh, but they're fifteen, so like, okay, I the will. Mad Capri. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, they steal his journal. They they go to the library, and she Buffy distracts. Gi- I, I was thinking about how this would would have played out in like season three, because I don't think Giles one would have fallen for this, and two. I almost feel like Buffy would have said, Giles, I need to look at these journals. Or Willow would have been like, I'm doing a research thing. Let me look through, you know, these files. Um, rather than, because at this point, they're still treating Giles like not really a like the dad. He's more like Ugh, the stuffy teacher, right? Well, that's the thing. I mean, I mean, going back to going back to my fabulous point again. <laughs> but um, I mean, pre the Dark Age, this was our point of view on Giles is that he right. was just sort of the Van Helsing who just was there to be like, oh, I'm the, I'm 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 literally from a different movie right. almost, <laughs> um, like informing everybody what's going on. Um, with, with I've had some laughs, I've had some warmth, but like in this one, they really start to introduce, you know, Ethan Rain and that right. Giles has this backstory and he's more the than Ripper. Just, the, the, the Ripper. And then the <laughs> teacher and like he's he's more than just this stuffy teacher. So I think this is sort of a very interesting, now that we know what we know, um, interesting little sort of silly business to do with him to sort of really play up his maximum befuddled librarian mode um before we start to dip into like the darker waters of um of his past you're right i hadn't i hadn't thought about that because of ethan rain's intro really is kind of the thing that like brings out more backstory for him they get the journal then they go to the bathroom which i think is like such a good scene i i love like buffy you know i mean again they're 15 so buffy's like romanticizing like oh look at these dresses look at look at these outfits wouldn't that have been so nice and willow's response of still i think i prefer being able to vote like i (laughs) thought that was like really good i love that they're looking at this picture of this woman in like victorian garb or whatever and they like her face is like barely a smudged on face like (laughs) oh my god she's so beautiful I didn't even think about that, but you're right. It's like you don't really see her face. It's just a dress. <laughs> and then Cordelia pops in, and ah, I love all of this is good. I love that. I think to Cordelia, this is a normal, friendly interaction. Like to her, <laughs> this is just like, oh, yeah, I'm talking to some people that I'm kind of friends with. And to them, it's more like, oh, she's being such a shithead. <laughs> and, you know, I like that. She's just straight up asking about Angel, even though clearly he and Buffy are the ones dating. She's still like, tell me about Angel because I'm interested. 
That's because Buffy may have the physical strength, but Cordelia knows where her power lies. And her power lies in being the queen bitch in charge. (laughs) Yeah. The QBIC. So right. (laughs) It seems like, for for the first two seasons, it really does seem like every scene that Cordelia's in, it's really Cordelia's world. And, like, everybody else is just an extra. And Buffy the Vampire Slayer is very inconvenient to Cordelia's world. And <laughs> yeah, this is absolutely. Just, all of it, all of it's so good. I I kind of love that perspective, Zach, because it's really true. Like, right? I mean, we when I mean in the earlier seasons, it was like we were a Cordelia stand podcast, so we always talked about the Cordelia beats, and Cordelia really does know the like hierarchy of high school. She knows she knows she's the popular girl. She, like you said, Dana, she is the queen bee, and she knows it. And so, to her, but to her, it's like, like, oh yeah, Buffy, you're good at those monster fighting shit like whatever like you're good at that <laughs> i'm like that's cute for you yeah and then season three comes along and she's like eh, i i guess i'll join the cast of buffy the vampire slayer you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i mean this really is sort of like probably this probably is like the the original sort of seed of her like i'm the slayer kind of speech from the yeah slayer fest episode yeah and like she i mean yeah she gives it here and she I love that when she's like, oh, no, does he live with his parents? And they're like, oh, no, his parents have been dead for a long time. And she's like, <laughs> oh, good. I mean, what? <laughs> like, it's all so good. And the dialogue is so, like, quick. And I mean, the three of them are all really good actors. So I feel like they're all, like, everything. everything's A plus in this scene. Um, and, you know, but Cordelia saying when it comes to dating, I'm the slayer. Like, she, you really are right, Zach. Like, she just, it's like, this is an inconvenience. And this is her show to her. Like, this is, she's the main character. We then cut to the Halloween shop, which is Ethan Rains. Very Season of the Witch. Uh, it's so Season of the Witch. I forget. Adam, was it you that said, someone on the podcast I've ever said, like. <laughs> that, that should be the intro here. <laughs> Dana, was that you? Yeah. <laughs> it was. It was so, someone on the podcast once said, "Like, oh, that is clearly the costume department," and they were like, "We're going to use that as the, the <laughs> costume shop because, like, we don't have any extra scenes." <laughs> and I feel like that's probably there's like, true. Yeah, yeah. There's like the freaking praying mantis lady outfit. Um, and <laughs> the robot. Yeah. And then something Darla wore in like a flashback. Yeah. Right. Stop it. It's like, they oh, that's clearly no Buffy's popular girl dress. Yeah, they, they did not have the budget. Everyone believes in Buffy the Vampire Slayer now. That show was right. made the big D dust back in the day. Like, <laughs> Entertainment Weekly could not be bothered to cover that show back then. I always say how crazy it is. Like, I didn't know anyone. That, I literally didn't know anyone but my mother that watched Buffy. That's it. And here we are. You're lucky you had that. My mom was like, I guess I will go out of my way to record this thing for you. I really wish you would focus on other things, but this is, this is the thing. <laughs> like... uh, the the screen, the caption for Buffy picking up the pumpkin, I really liked. I always use that like screenshot because it just says pumpkin screaming. Um, <laughs> I really like that. I mean, that's what it's doing. It's just screaming. It's like she puts it back down, but I like that uh, screen cap. So we meet Ethan Rain. Sex on a stick. Ah, I, 
Uh, Adam, I feel like in another Where like if everywhere we... agree, Ethan Rain. <laughs> <laughs> in another universe, if like we were written as older gay men in the Buffy universe, we would be Ethan Rain. <laughs> I truly would be. No, he's got like the freaking like bracelets and shit I've got on right now. Yeah, he's just like he's got some turquoise on from Santa Fe. <laughs> yes. Oh my god. Yeah, he's yeah, he's definitely like yeah, he's definitely starting a, a sort of a roadside sort of um, you know. <laughs> Distressed uh, candle shop. Um, <laughs> Distressed candle shop. <laughs> candle shop. It's so specific. It's um, but yeah, so I I think Ethan Rain is really good. I I think he's. I don't know. I, I I like that he's like this like older man who's like eccentric and like you know the way he talks to Giles that it's like very flirty. It's it's funny because like it's it, this season too. Like they just said with Spike and Drusilla and Ethan, they they just said they were like, we are gonna just just inject all of this like really saucy English shenaniganry. <laughs> like yeah. we're just gonna like there's gonna be all of these like pan characters coming in and causing all this mischief. <laughs> They're gonna be British and <laughs> gonna be very wonderful. <laughs> the chaos right. chaos by chaos, chaos british right. bisexuals <laughs> him giving buffy that dress it's like mm, this is a little creepy but like then you're like oh he's just trying to make chaos happen so he's like short take the costume whatever like i i feel like he would be a character like in another show in 2020 he would definitely be queer in some way right like that character would have been mm-hmm. like the like older queen who's like maybe he would wear a cape too like i feel like he like still maybe occasionally shops at hot topic <laughs> yeah definitely oh although like with disney owning um buffy now right. they probably would still do some things like oh my god ethan and ethan and giles old friends right. <laughs> old friends roommates I, at one that. point it was like a, a, a minute before we started recording i saw that like the disney twitter account had like posted like this captain marvel like freaking picture of like friends make it happen and they're like they're gone they're wives <laughs> jet's two friends it's willow and tara <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like disney jesus best friends oh friends (laughs) so they you know he does his prayer we cut to buffy's house she's in her fancy darla flashback looking gown what exactly is willow dressed as me in 1995 (laughs) (laughs) jana i'm not even i'm not even lying okay okay sorry 1998 Okay. Okay. Fair. Fair. Because I was a little more confident then. <laughs> love it. Because I love that, like Buffy's, like you know, Buffy gives Buffy gives her at the oh, I Buffy gives her at the Halloween shop the like you know the like be a slut, do whatever you want kind of like basic like Halloween speech that we give people. Um, that I feel like we like, you know, it's like yeah, I feel like that was a little bit ahead of its time. Like Buffy's kind of like yeah, be free, blah blah blah, and. But I'm like, but what? But what costume is this? Like, yeah. what, what did Buffy get her from the costume shop? That's that. <laughs> it's a it's a Spice Girls homage. Hmm. It's it's not it's not specifically a spice, but right. it is it is of the genre. It is of the spice. There's people <laughs> still wearing that today. It, it holds up. I mean, she looks great. Like, yeah. I, 
I feel like it's ridiculous that we're pretending like, oh, she's this like mousy nerd. And then she comes out with like a fucking six pack. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody takes off her glasses and she's just. Yeah. Outfit appears. <laughs> so I'm very like, like I'm very I'm very glad that like kitten collars are sort of still coming back. Right now. Very oh, the velvet the velvet collar. Oh yes, the absolutely. Collar, I can't yeah. tell you the amount of velvet collars that I wore. Uh, <laughs> still has yeah. them all. Just cut them off and saved them. Oh. Memories. <laughs> I feel like it's one of those things where, like, I would do it, like, I would wear it, and then I would just keep making references to, like, no, I wasn't bitten by a vampire. What are you talking about? Like, it's very clearly concealing <laughs> two, like, holes in my neck. <laughs> no, this is my regular outfit. But I just wear mean? a little scarf around my neck. What is this? Make so different. <laughs> Don't take it off me. <laughs> I'm, I'm having a bad day. Just leave the collar on. Uh, so then we go to, we cut to Sunnydale. Um, hi. We know that Principal Snyder has forced them all to volunteer to uh, chaperone kids for trick-or-treating. Larry says something stupid to Xander again. Larry's dressed as a pirate, which is important for later, because the show <laughs> is so dark that when you see Larry again, I don't think I ever realized that was Larry. Until, I like, did not realize that until I watched it for this podcast. Oh my god, really? I, I And I was looking at it. And I looked back at Alistair, and Alistair, like, nodded his head like he knew what I was about to say. He's like, that's Larry. It's like, what? (laughs) Which is, it's so dark, you can barely tell, like, what? I always thought it was Xander was saying that it felt satisfying to punch that pirate just because Larry had been a jerk, not because it was Larry. What kind of, like, gay stuff do you think Larry, the actual pirate, got up to that night? Before he ran, before he ran afoul of Xander, Larry the pirate got Larry up to Larry the pirate. <laughs> I mean, he was back there for a reason, right? Right. right, right, right. It was ninety-seven. You're right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so then we get uh, Cordelia entering in her beautiful cat suit. We get this. It is so weird that we get like a build-up to Oz meeting Willow, right? Like, I I don't really I know. know why we spend so much like this is like episode five of the season i think and like oz and willow haven't met oz just keeps like seeing her um and they like add him in because he doesn't know buffy and the gang yet so it's like oh cordelia sure cordelia's dating Devin, um and we don't even see him but she comes to talk to oz which is weird because they are most certainly siblings who Oz and Willow. <laughs> <I know. laughs> that would be so good. Okay, great. okay. I Oz, Oz and Willow shippers. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. They just look so much alike. No, well, here's the <laughs> well, Ian and I we really need to do this like on another podcast, but um like it was <laughs> we've I've just been like it's weird that they also didn't have a concurrent um side story of like season 4 Oz exploring his queerness as well like at the same time as willow like it just seems like so clearly like that was the vibe of that relationship and that well, it's to the point where like in in the episode where he comes back and it's like major wolfed out jealous of tara like it, it rings so false like it's like the absolute worst most fake false way to end his character arc oh yeah for sure i think i mean i maybe we're projecting i don't know but if he reads as like the cool straight dude that would have hooked up with me and been like cool about it, but maybe would have come out as queer later. But like at the time he would have been like, we're cool, whatever. And also he would have been the guy I crushed on. So 
<laughs> take it with a grain of salt that he maybe we would have hooked up. Um, but like they, I really like Oz. I love Willow. Clearly. I don't know that they have, I don't know that their chemistry. I don't know. Right. Zach, what do you think? Mm, I'm not an Oz and Willow shipper. I don't, I'm just not there. You know, fair, fair. But so I do love this scene. I love, I, I kind of like when Cordelia has to be paired with characters like Oz that are so far from like anyone she would like actually be friendly with or be friends with. Like Willow and Buffy almost make more sense as her friends than someone like Oz does. But also it makes sense that she would be dating the college guy who's a lead singer in a band like that also tracks. Um, but I like their back and forth. And he's like, wow, you're like a big cat. And she's like, that's my costume. You know, Cordelia invented the I'm a mouse, duh. I was about to say. <laughs> <laughs> I like that Cordelia gets to be a little vulnerable here, too, because she's obviously embarrassed that Devin has stood her up and is treating yeah. her like shit. Like, that's not what you do to Cordelia Chase. And I, right. I love I love when we get to see these little, like, slivers of the real Cordelia. Oh yeah, she's not letting you go. Like it's it's gonna keep eating at her until she gets to give him, you know, her one liner and walk off. And I do also like um, when she's like, "Well, you know what? Never mind. I didn't even ask, and I wasn't even here," because I feel like, like you both said, that's like she's being vulnerable, but then she's realizing she's being vulnerable, right? So she's like backtracking. She's like, "Never mind. I decided I don't care," and then walks off. I will say. I was very jealous that I know my butt would not look that nice in a cat suit. I was like, God, good for her. <laughs> then just get one and draw it out, you know? You never know unless you try. That's what I can wear for our next recording, Zach. <laughs> Go for it. It's just the foghorn. <laughs> uh, so, got to trick-or-treating. Ethan does a spell to turn them all into their costumes. Mm-hmm. We get Willow who dies on the front porch of a house (laughs) while a old lady is being strangled by a demon child, which I just, there's a lot of things happening and I kind of love all of it. (laughs) Dana? I said Tuesday. (laughs) Yeah, right? I mean, really though, like this little spell that Ethan casts, I mean, he must have done it in February of this year too, right? It seems the same energy here. It really it's is. definitely COVID 2020 energy. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure sometime this year I've seen an old lady get strangled by a child. I don't know. Just everybody's a little crazy this year. <laughs> Oklahoma is wild. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I, I, I don't know. I like... I like the way we the way we do this scene, right? It's still, I mean, it's very 97, low budget, but I like that Willow is like, hey, what are you doing? But then like also dying um, and like falling backwards and then rises up and sees her body, a dead body in the ghost costume. Um, I kind of, I don't know. I really like that. I like the way it's all done. It's very Buffy. It's very like fun. It's also like there's so much going on, but also you're not taking it too seriously, right? Mm. Right. But like, here is one little like creative, like if I was in the writer's room, I'd be like, ah, oh, this, this seems like a missed opportunity because we bring up like whenever Buffy has died, it has had so many giant like repercussions on the like timeline of the show and the, the narrative yeah. of the show and things happen, things, you know, this and that. And like uh, Xander from his like five seconds as a as an army guy has retained all this knowledge and codes and warfare mm. and stuff 
da, 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 and there's no repercussions of like Willow passed away <laughs> and like, over. and like we have and she never has like any like there's nothing on the other side or like it never came back up again when she's like channeling Osiris in season six or like whatever like right yeah something like That's that true. like they bring yeah, up I mean, the Xander army shit oh they die I'm like I'm like oh my god Willow just fully died we just moved on Adam we just moved on okay they're like <laughs> she didn't get no sixth sense or anything <laughs> nothing yeah like if, if this is a horror movie she'd like she'd return but she didn't return alone and then yeah. whatever, you know, like that's. What I mean, at least like a little phobia of you know white sheets or something like that. I don't right. know. Something. She continues to rot throughout the rest of season two. No. God. Fingers fall <laughs> off. <laughs> it's no, just this I don't body like that. Show it. Uh, so <laughs> we the she I forget isn't she just like runs into them in the street? She sees Xander, I think, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, so then they she runs around as Xander, they find Buffy wandering the street as this uh 18th century maiden. Some sort of very suspect accent. Is it is she a southern? Ooh. Is she Victorian? Is she like all of it? You all know, of it. <laughs> there's like a little southern in her accent. I can't I it's not quite <laughs> it. It's it's not her best, but you know what? She's she's working with what she's got. <laughs> Listen, it's not all my children, you know. They didn't teach them how to do that over there. Plus, I think you could. I feel. I feel like a really desperate fan could make a strong case for creatively. This was um, because, like, this is more her perception of yeah. what this sort mm, of like, okay. her perception of a debutante. So it's either like a you know, there's a southern debutante at play here. There's some like you know, like uh, English courtesan sort of thing at, at play here. There's there's all sorts of different things. It's all a melding pot, and it melds together in this very rich broth of a performance that combines all of those. <laughs> it was on purpose. <laughs> yeah. That's such a fair assessment, Adam. You must... <laughs> Bringing all the logic into this. When you eventually get Sarah Michelle Geller back on this podcast, and I am on that episode, I will have my conscience clear. I will have nothing but positive things. <laughs> um, no taking it back a little bit to like when they were at the costume shop though like just seeing her in this dress it reminded me so much of um uh, season one of american horror story with you know addy she just wants to be a pretty girl and this is sarah michelle keller's i want to be a pretty girl <laughs> <laughs> there's not gonna be a halloween you stupid slut <laughs> <laughs> joyce never told her that or we didn't see that scene you know <laughs> that is a, that is an American horror story quote. <laughs> That's not something I would say unless it was a quote. <laughs> My God, um, Dan, did I just interrupt you? I think I did. No, no. <laughs> so, so yeah, I, I re- <laughs> no keep going in. <laughs> no, <laughs> I do like that. They're like they find Buffy and they're like Buffy. What are we gonna do? And she. She just faints. Like, I think that's a really good, like, silly beat. Yeah. I also love that she's like, it's a demon. And they're like, it's a car. And military Xander's like, (laughs) is this woman insane? (laughs) (laughs) Well, Princess Buffy and Cavewoman Buffy, you know, she's got something with cars. (laughs) That's true. She never escapes her her little battle with cars. She never really learns how to drive. (gasps) Oh, my gosh. She doesn't learn how to drive. Wow. That's funny. We missed a whole, like, 
great mini story arc of Buffy like trying and failing driver's ed. There is a um I used to read a lot of the like mini like fill-in books that were non-canon and there was like I remember there being um there's a trilogy called The Unseen and in it it's like a big crossover between Buffy and Angel and it takes place in Buffy season 4 and like there's a bit where Riley's driving and gets knocked out and Buffy Buffy can't take over driving because she doesn't know how and i always thought like mm, i wish we got something like that yeah like some acknowledgement of the fact that she's the only one that really can't drive but she's killing demons they could assign somebody to be her chauffeur i think like, it's um... 2020 she should have a free like, lift pass. <laughs> imagine her having to call an uber to go kill somebody <laughs> <laughs> to get across sunnydale to, to go like, get crap they canceled my ride <laughs> and i just i love it because like both both of our like top like female characters of all time like Buffy and Elaine Bennis are both just like terrible drivers canonically <laughs> like to the point like, I I would want it to be I would want to have a Buffy episode where she like you know she's like like she does believe she can drive well like she's like oh you know I can handle a you know I, I can handle a, a scythe and I can handle a, a scimitar and I can handle all this other stuff why couldn't I handle like the wheel of a car and then like everyone's just <laughs> petrified to be in the car with her. We, I mean, we get that beat for like a second in Band Candy when yeah. Joyce gives her the cheese. Oh, I do like that. Okay. And it like is that she's bad at it. Um, sounds, and she like puts on the music and Willow's like, oh, keep your eyes on the road. Sounds like uh, an episode for the animated series, you know? Something. <laughs> sounds like an episode we all need to write. Mm. So they go back to the house. They find Buffy's house. I will say, I, this. so this is the first time I think we see Willow really, like, take charge. I don't think she had really done this prior, but it still feels natural, right? Because she's the smart one, so it's like she figures out almost immediately what's going on. She's like, oh, we all became our costumes. She realizes that, and then, like, later when she goes to see Giles, they kind of figure out together that it's the costume shop specifically. Um, and I don't know, I really like seeing Willow get to shine and take charge. Yeah, for the first time, it's really nice. I mean, I don't know what you all felt about that. That was great. Little seeds of courage that will eventually become wickedness. Chaotic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> are, are we yeah. going to couple with that? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, uh, your way. I, I like also like the dialogue between like ghost willow and maiden buffy because it's like when she's like i don't like this place and i don't like you which is me logging into twitter um <laughs> and like she and when i think like willows she couldn't have dressed up like xena is such an iconic line yeah. no um cordelia she's a, she's dressed up as a cat i would have loved to see her transform into cat woman you know that would have been perfect because <laughs> right xena was it still on or had it ended um it was still on until 99. Oh, okay. Yeah, this, would have, this would have been still in the sphere of time. Okay, okay. So yeah, I do really, I think that that's like one of the iconic lines of this episode. Um, And like definitely like very referential to like, at the time, those were like the two like powerful women on TV. Um, So it made sense that they would reference one of them. So Xander then goes out and saves Cordelia. I love everything Cordelia does in this episode. I love her coming into the fray and she's still very herself. It's still like when she comes in, she's like, I forget what Buffy's Buffy's like, hopefully the men will save us. And she immediately is like, what's that riff? Like she is like, she's annoyed immediately. <laughs> I love that. I love that 
Willow is like kind of telling them all what they're going to do. Cordelia is kind of the one in charge if Willow's leaving because she's the only one that's not her costume. And Cordelia delivers the good line of like, who died and left her in charge? And Willow passes through the wall as a ghost. It's so good. <laughs> it's so... I'm so enraged the more I think about this that they never explored like her actually being dead in an enemy. <laughs> spirit like informing people of <laughs> what happens afterwards like in the body episode she could have been like death is the, the fucking next step or whatever the fuck like she could have been some death and, <laughs> and nothing she literally was like i don't have anything to tell buffy uh, about death you know. <laughs> i've died myself but mm. they could have been such great jokes like because they kept joking that like buffy had like died twice and like she could have been like well, me too. We don't really like mention that ever. That's true. Yeah. yeah I mean, mm-hmm. how did it feel to die? Did she could have she could have said something like that? Right. Yeah. She'd be like, mm, I know that feeling. Remember, I died too. <laughs> that, that, that would be us, Adam. <laughs> be like, if you recall, I also died. Well, we don't talk the about the one it. who died, Buffy. I would have been such a great moment, like in freaking Dead Man's Party. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been such a wonderful moment for her to like spit it back at her it would have been right. legit but. Uh, so we get her going to see Giles and I I like the gag of I, I like when Giles gets flustered and I like that he jumps and like throws all these like silly note cards up in the air and is very like British about it um, there's also a beat that I like that I feel like a lesser show would have not pulled off without it being creepy but when she's saying everyone turns into their costumes and she's saying she was a ghost and he's like, you're, and he like looks at her outfit and he's like, a ghost of what? <laughs> it's just like, right thing you were asking Ian, what is she supposed to be? <laughs> it's a pretty woman. <laughs> yeah. Like, and I like that it's not, I mean, they're always really good about this with Giles. It's not played for creepiness. It's like, he's literally just like, well, that doesn't look like a ghost. So, <laughs> um, and we also get, she mentions that, and then she says Cordelia was a cat, and he's like, oh, she turned into a cat? And that's when they, like, realize that, like, it's the costume shop, because Cordelia doesn't shop at Ethan Rain's costume shop. She goes to Party right. Town. Yeah. She shops at the high-class Party Town, thank you. She's not slumming it. <laughs> <laughs> I liked that this wasn't, like something that was super hard to figure out either like it could have been yeah. just done in the time that they did it and perfect figure it out and move on yeah right. i don't know if did you all notice that when she is talking to giles though there are very silly like it's the apocalypse outside sound effects like you hear sirens and helicopters like in the background yes <laughs> um and it's like giles what did you think was going on although i guess it's sunnydale so again oh tuesday whatever so we get Angel, Angel, and so no, Spike enters first, and he, like, sees all, like, the chaos going on, and he delivers his, like, hmm, neat line, so we know that, like, Spike is gonna be up to some shit, because he sees everyone, um, and we get Angel entering the Summer's house, which I really like, Cordelia is so good, when he's like, what's, what's up with your hair, and she enters, she's like, ugh, everyone's turning their costume, it's a whole big thing, how are you, because she, like, has her eyes on the prize, right, like, she's like, hmm. (laughs) she is undeterred (laughs) undeterred and i would like to think i I don't know i'm just like i really appreciate that that she's just like oh yeah these people are dying there's demon children but like oh the guy i have a crush on is here which is very relatable (laughs) wait did we we miss do we miss drusilla and spike talking in their lair 
We did, Dana. When you want to talk like, about that? Do not mind sides. The parts you can't see. <laughs> That's a really good Drusilla. Don't worry. Everyone's switching outside to inside. Juliet is here, everybody. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> She's so guest. good in that role. She just, just devours the scenery. It's so good. Yeah. She does and it i feel like she does but it's not it doesn't feel cheesy but it's no, like so it, ridiculous it's so on yeah like spike and drusilla they're they're the halloween costumes themselves you know yeah and i think spike's line of like eyeballs to entrails is like a really good line too and she like asks about if he loves her insides parts he can't see but so yeah so spike we kind of like we we like check in with them right and then we see that spike is kind of like I guess just like walking down the street and sees all the, like the chaos going on. And he finds out that like Buffy is this like maiden. So we know that Spike's going to like, he's, I mean, he's like the big bad until Angelus is the big bad. Right. Mm-hmm. So right. he's kind of like the presence in town. Buffy runs off because a demon enters the house. Angel fights it. He gets his bumpy face, runs out screaming. I don't know. I, I, I feel like this is one of those episodes that doesn't, doesn't actually have that much fighting, but I kind of, doesn't need it it's like fine right yeah no it's it's more like i don't know it's more spooky like it's it's, it's kind of more like you know it's it's more like of the there's like the more of the more researchy episodes where you it's yeah. really more about getting down to business and like there's like the like you said it's like the spooky but it's like the vibe and it's like ooh, this is like right we got all the costumes got the decorations and like you know i don't know I like, I, I, I like that i don't we don't always need the you know fighting and so we we get Giles and Willow kind of coming to the conclusion of the costumes. She mentions the costume shop's uh, owner's name is Ethan. He doesn't reveal that he knows who that is, right? He just goes there. No, but we see it in his eyes. Oh, yes. he plays it close to the chest. <laughs> Straight men, am I right? So he goes <laughs> to see Ethan. Willow goes to find everyone. Yeah. Adam, what happens next? <laughs> <laughs> what happens well there's i mean there's all sorts of confronting happenings the confronting bits and businesses oh yeah yeah that's true there is yeah so we get the ripper stuff so we get well you know we get the the head of the shop and you know he's kind of gets that wonderful like um you know greets him with uh you know hello ripper and all that (laughs) you want to be people to do an english accent on this podcast right now um You don't want to, you don't want to, uh, I'm not going to disappear into the role as much as Dana did, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, Adam, <laughs> I can't stand him. I can't stand him. Well, <laughs> rest of the episode, rest of the episode. <laughs> yeah. Dana has to do her Drusilla bit. Now, Dana, whatever you co host, you have to just like co host as Drusilla. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah, this is, yeah, this is where we get that first hint of backstory that there is more to Giles than meets the right. eye, that he was not always this does everything great librarian stuffy person, yes. which seems like if you've, you know, if you've watched the show at all once through, you know, it's, it's definitely seems like it's one of those things where it's so like irrevocably changes how we view the character. Um, yeah. Like, of course it was going to be, like, there was more to his character, but it is one of those things. It's like, it's it's, it's a really great um, way to sort of backdoor pilot in the, this information about Giles. Yeah, and I, I, I really love it. I love the idea of, like, this stuffy librarian being like, ooh, he was, like, 
chaos magic punk back in the day like i i just love that but of course i do <laughs> so giles goes to he like has a fight with ethan and i do always appreciate stuff like that like these are like you know this is a, a arguably like you know mostly teens doing the fighting but i like seeing these like two older men kind of like trading insults and you know fighting and uh giles smashes the the statue and saves the day as buffy is being attacked by spike so the, the gang has been subdued everyone's captured because buffy was running off and they were trying to go find her because she was afraid of angel we also this is weird so we get the moment where buffy maiden buffy says to cordelia like oh he's a monster and she's like no he's a good vampire he would never hurt you and i'm not sure if that's supposed to be her being sarcastic about the earlier conversation because she still doesn't believe it or we're just supposed to assume that she found out at some point between the bathroom scene and now right yeah mm -hmm. dana what did you think god i don't know <laughs> i mean i think i think sometimes like little tiny moments pop up where cordelia's like oh this might actually be my crew i don't want to admit it though right you know? <laughs> it's, it's and i think that might be one of those moments because I think, like, Cordelia, they're kind of low-key, like, having, yeah, her arc, like, in the background kind of be, like, she's moving further and further away from Harmony and these sort of yes people, um, especially because she knows that there is this darker element to the town she's in. Um, right. So it has to, like, be really, like, for someone of Cordelia's, like, complexity, it has to just be so frustrating to, like, be hanging around your normal friends who are just talking about normie things and know that there's this other stuff going on and there's this very cool crew who is taking care of that sort of stuff like it would create a little bit of FOMO, perhaps yeah hmm. you know you know she's like in 2020 cordelia would be liking people's pictures and then unliking them just so you get the <laughs> notification but there's no evidence there <laughs> <laughs> yeah that track so i think that the delivery here of SMG going from like scared maiden Buffy to Buffy Buffy of hi honey I'm home is like ugh, perfect, perfect. Mm. so good her acting there is good that's where I'm like oh I love this this is like for me that also feels like peak Buffy right because it's like oh she's so scared and then immediately she has her confidence and kicks the crap out of Spike and I love her coming up with the blonde hair too you yeah know, it's just it's just Buffy it's Buffy goodness in all its purest form <laughs> I, I like that, like, the, the like, very beat you get is when Willow's like, oh, him you can shoot, and Xander goes to pick up his gun, and then it's, like, a toy gun, and that's, like, the reveal. I don't know. I Yeah, I like that this end is, we kind of wrap everything up. It's like, okay, she beats up Spike, and then we're good. Like, that's it. Everything's done. Kids are fine. It's a nice quick ending, honestly. Like, yeah. it, like Ethan did not super resist giving up how to defeat the spell. Like, he was in it. Right. He's an easily defeated, you know, villain in this in this little arc because, because um, in general, I think he's had his fun already. Like he kind of is yeah. here to create a little mischief and announce himself to his ex boyfriend um, <laughs> that he's in town um, in a very dramatic fashion. Yeah, he wasn't here to like cause mass death. He was here to get Giles's attention, mm -hmm. and that is he true. Has achieved that, and now he is like. Now I will let you foil my plan. Oh no, I hate you so much. <laughs> oh no, don't put your hands on me. Oh no. Oh, I have your attention now. <laughs> oh, it's not what I wanted at all. You saw through me. You saw through me by 
<laughs> the sign over my shop that said Ethan Rain's Halloween costume. Yeah. No Giles allowed. No Giles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like if you had, if you were like in town, if you were like arriving in your exit, this is very like imagine this is like the plot of young adult where like she just like shows up in her old hometown. Like she's just like she's like, Oh yeah, I'm just gonna like slowly low-key ingratiate myself into the <laughs> background, into the surroundings. Oh, I was here the whole time. <laughs> so we get that's the wrap up. Oz sees Willow crossing the street and does his which he did in Inca Mummy Girl, the like, ooh, who's that girl? Which again is very weird. Um, but we we end on the beat of Buffy and Angel making out in her bedroom, which good for them. And then Ethan has escaped. Sure. Mm. I do think Ethan was an underused villain. Like I would have liked more of him. Because I think season four is the last time we see him. Yeah. Yeah, I think New Man is the last time we see him. Isn't he the main antagonist in one of the video games? Yes. In Chaos Bleeds, he's one of the, like, which I think takes place, I can't remember if it's between four and five or five and six, but it takes place between those two seasons. Um, And he does come back in the comics, but dies. Mm -hmm. But yeah, no, I I, I think the show did a good job of of having reoccurring characters, but I think characters like him... You know, like we we got Amy in the last season, but like I would have preferred Ethan Rain. You know, yeah, or both of them. We could have had both. Yes, yes. I would have enjoyed how he would have configured into season six because it's because yeah. it's like the set is the magic shop. Um, it's about Willow's rising magical power. It's about this sort of sort of um, sort of secret society of people who who use uh, magic like a drug. And then you have also these other, you know, the trio having, you know, sort of their escalating right. mischief powers. Like, I feel like he would have, I don't know, could have been a puppeteer of what was going on in the background yeah. of season six and had it gone out of control, out of his reign. And he would have been a good villain that, like, is still, like, you know, saying sassy things and having good one-liners. Oh, and yeah. isn't taking it too seriously. He's like, oh, these fools. Right. Yeah. yeah um okay so now that we're at the end um dana favorite scene favorite scene would be the bathroom okay okay uh zach favorite scene would be uh, probably when everybody is is starting to turn and then they're kind of all meeting up and then an honorable mention for uh willow's josie and the pussycats moment i don't mind that you know her walking across uh oz's okay. van yeah. all right uh, adam um i definitely enjoy you know as much as i've been complaining about it, the willow as ghost shenanigans um mm. i just i think i think just alex and hannigan is just yeah, very. I'm gonna I'm gonna say it here, right here and now on the podcast. Elton Hannigan is good at acting, um, and it's very funny. Um, in, in the hot take, hot take. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think my favorite scene is actually a tie between. I love that bathroom scene, Dana. You're right. I think it's so good. But then also the scene in uh, Buffy's house when they're all kind of like figuring shit out. Um, because I just love the like you're gonna dress the Xena line. Um, favorite outfit, Zachary. Uh, <laughs> I do like Buffy's princess dress. Okay, a little okay. soft spot for <laughs> uh, Adam. I mean, it's gonna have to be Willow's sort of ghost, ghost of what exactly outfit? <laughs> All right, and Dana, um, Cordy's cat suit. 
Ah, Dana. Yeah, same. That's Cordelia's cat outfit is my favorite. Now we're doing grade the episode. Adam, what grade do you give it? Oh, I give this an A. Uh, Dana? Um, you know what? It's it's a really memorable episode. I'm going to give it an A-. minus. Okay. Okay. Uh, Zach? A. I'm also an A. Look at all of us. That doesn't happen often on this podcast. Thank you all for joining us. Thank you all for listening. If you like SlayerFest98, you can find us on social media at SlayerFestX98. You can also find us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can support us on Patreon, which helps keep this podcast going and get access to mini episodes and more. If you want to follow me on social, I am at Carlos. Dana, where can everyone find you? I'm at Dana Pickley, two C's, one L, on Twitter and Instagram. You can also find me at my website, QueerMediaMatters.com. And of course, with Adam and Princess at Horror is So Queer, the podcast. Hey, um, Adam, where can everyone find you? You can find me with uh, with Dana and Princess at the Horror is So Queer podcast. You can find me on Twitter at the Adam Sass Instagram. It's Adam Sass. Uh, and then my new uh, young adult thriller, Surrender Your Sons, is available everywhere books are sold. And Zachary, where can everyone find you? Uh, you will not find me on the Horror is So Queer podcast, but <laughs> Ian and I have our own My Bloody Judy over on the AZB Bonus Features channel. You can find me over at Adventures of Zach and B on YouTube and Instagram and Twitter, Adventures Z and B. And you can find me at My Bloody Judy as well, because I am, I co-hosted yes. with Zachary. Um, all right, guys, we'll see you all next time. Happy Halloween. Bye. Bye. Bye.